you could have the best features and the best benefits, the best product in the world. But if the customer doesn't realize why all those things matter, they're not going to care. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams. I've got an exciting one for you guys today. I have found another needle in the haystack, someone that does the same thing that I do. So we're going to have a lot to, to chop it up about today. We've got Jason Howland. He's the owner of Jason Howland LLC and Floors Now. He's an expert in sales leadership, recruiting, and business strategy. And he's created the Action Closer System, which has helped thousands of salespeople close in homes for home services. Jason, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Okay, let's get right into it. What is the Action Closer System? So the Action Closer System is a system of selling designed for contractors. Uh, Most contractors uh, start out, they get mad at their boss and they decide they're going to go start a business. And they really go out there and they're really, really good at creating or building or doing whatever they do as far as the home services go. Um, And they can sell their products because they have passion to go sell the product. The problem becomes when they try to scale, I hear I can't hire good people. I can't keep good salespeople. Nobody good is looking for a job in sales, which is absolutely (laughs) true. And, and so on and on. And so they need a system. You can't scale what you can't put metrics to. Right. So, what i've done is create the action closer system which revolves around what i call the four loves if the customer loves you the product the company and the guarantee you being the salesman um then then they've got to go to price which gives us the chance to negotiate and the only time you're really ever working on a deal is when you're talking about the dollars and cents at at the end of the at the end of the trail so to speak so in a nutshell that's what the action closer system does i create a presentation I create a training system for the presentation, and then I help recruit and train salespeople to help people scale. Yeah, and it's a, a much, much needed service. And uh, I'm I'm glad to have you on the show because, again, you know, I've, I've met people that are aligned. I've met people that, you know, agree with what I'm saying and um, obviously use my services and everything, but I have not met someone else yet that does what I do. You know what I mean? And what you said is the very reason that I do it in the first place, right? And so for me, I started out in door-to-door with AT&T. And so we okay. sold UVerse way back in the day, right? Yeah. And so right away, I realized I needed those things that you were talking about just now. And I would say one of the pivotal points in my business was when I started creating the training that trained trainers, you know? Yeah. And so what are some of the ways that you like to execute on that uh as far as training the person that is you know and in your case maybe your client if they're just starting out or maybe they have that sales manager in place already and there is no training system for the new people coming in where do you like to start there so to train a trainer you have to have them understand first the system 
um, they have to have like a universal language, right? You can't have 10 people in a room and they're all trying to speak a different language. And, and so the first thing I do is I get them up to speed on a set of definitions that they're going to use uh, to train. The next thing that we do is we create the ability for them to know the system inside and out. I always say, if you wanna be great at, at a selling system, if you wanna be really good, you have to know your material so well, I could call you at 3.30 in the morning, wake you out of a dead sleep and say, hey, I wanna get other quotes and you'll jump right to what you're gonna do in the house. And if you can do that, then you're ready to start learning how to train. Um, really sales training, um, is about a lot about memorization, but it's also a lot about, so I don't believe in scripting the entire presentation. I believe in scripting thoughts through the presentation, right? So like we have a scripted set of what we call commitments or micro commitments that are gonna lead up to the four loves that I talked about. And I don't care how you get there. It's a matter of getting there because um, really it's about get it. It's basically you said it, not me, right? If I'm a salesman, and I'm talking to you and I say, you know, we've got the best product in the world. What are you thinking immediately? You're, you're, you're thinking right away. You're thinking, well, I've got, uh, you know, this guy, of course, he's going to say that he's a salesman, right? But if I can get the customer to say, you know, you've got the best product in the world, well, then that's a powerful commitment, right? So what I'm trying to do is teach the salesperson or the sales manager to grasp that fact. And then it's all about diagnosis, right? Once somebody's trained and you get them out in the field, there's going to be a new problem every day, right? And it's funny because three weeks from now, you're going to have the same problem you had three weeks ago over and over and over. And you just got to get used to diagnosing those things. So once I get a sales manager in place and we get them through the basics of like, helping people role play. Role playing is a huge part of sales training. If you can't get somebody to role play and take it seriously, then you're never going to get to step two. But once you get people out in the field selling, now it's figuring out how to diagnose what they need to improve on, right? One of the biggest things I see is sales managers that have their guys come in and they role play and they always focus on the one pitching or the one closing. And what you really should do is give the person you're trying to diagnose an objection or give them a price and have them be the customer. Because what they say next is going to be exactly what they're experiencing in the field. And then you're going to be able to diagnose what they're doing based on what customers are telling them. Um, usually the objections are caused by the salesperson's pitch. So if you can get them to object, you can see where they're coming from. 100%. It's like, it's like I'm looking in a audible mirror, I guess you could say, <laughs> with everything that you're saying. Uh, one of the most important things being, in, in my opinion, that, you know, we don't sentence out scripts. You know, it's very much talking points or uh, certain objectives that we want to reach, qualification, bullet points, you know, and then presentation structures, you know. And so for me, it's always, okay, what were the pain points and the dominant buying motives that I captured in the qualification? And then when I go into my presentation, how can I present them in such a way that my, my product solves those pain points as well as uh, addresses the dominant buying motive of that customer. And so we take them on this emotional roller coaster. So I think it's fantastic what you're going through right now. And then hundred percent what you're talking about 
you know, the training happens in cycles. And then when we're executing on that training, you know, uh, them being able to put themselves in the customer's shoe and then kind of divulge to you what they're dealing with in the field, because they are, they're going to give you their hardest ones, the stupidest objections you've ever heard, you know, ones that they made up and stuff like that. And if you're able to at least give them a fighting chance by overcoming the objections and them learning from it, I think that's incredibly massive. Okay, let's pivot a little bit here. And I want to go to something that you posted on your Facebook recently called, and, and you called it the mastery the mastery of level, oh, I'm sorry, what are the four levels of speech, right? And so you walk through those levels of speech. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Can you walk us through it? Yeah, so level one, right, in speaking is being able to talk. And it's it's really like where you're, you'll run into the salespeople or the, they're not salespeople. They used to be a salesperson for like a month and it didn't work. They said sales, it's just not for me. And I'll tell you right now, if you wanna be in sales, you can do it. It's about will. It's 90% will, 10% skill. You've just got to ask, put your hand out. But the, the bare minimum skill is being able to talk, right? And that person can kind of get on a rant like I'm doing right now and explain something. And once in a while, they can bump into a deal here and there. But then you get into the next level, um, which uh, level one, I'm sorry, level one is just zero. Like they, they can't even really come across and then talking and then level two and level three is going to be your um, kind of what sales managers I hear all the time looking for. You've got to be an active listener. You've got two ears, one mouth for a reason. You know, we've all heard that a million times and, and it's true. And now you're starting to get salespeople that can become career salespeople, but they'll end up kind of in the middle, maybe the top middle. Um, but your top salespeople understand how to invoke a response. And then they learn how to invoke a response. And then they learn how to invoke the response they want, helping the customer get to a conclusion that they need to get to. Because in reality, sales is all about service. I've got a customer who has a need and doesn't know how to get from point A to point I have what I want, right? And so they need to get to that point. The way to get there is through the salesman. Right. Or the salesperson, the salesperson says, here's what you need to know. This is what. And, and then the customer has an understanding, which is how invoking a response works. If I say to somebody, you know. Um, you wouldn't want a bunch of uninsured guys out in the backyard running circular saws, would you? Customer says, no. OK, that's kind of all right. But I say, why not? Customer says, well, I don't want to be liable if something happens. So you understand the importance of liability then, right, Mr. Jones? And Mr. Jones says, yes, absolutely. Now the customer, no matter if they go with me or they go with somebody else, they said it. They're not going with an uninsured company. So add to that my guarantee. Add to that my my ability to perform the work, add to that every other thing that I'm offering. And now they can't really say, I want anything but what you have. And now it's about the dollars. But to get there, I have to be able to invoke a response more than more than just talking or even listening. Listening is important, right? You just mentioned discovery, talking, mm -hmm. you know, finding out what the customer's pain points are. But if I can't get them to understand half the time, they don't even know their pain points. Right. They just they don't know what to look for They're I always call it painting the villain. So many salespeople focus on features and benefits, 
right? And right. and you could have the best features and the best benefits, the best product in the world. But if the customer doesn't realize why all those things matter, they're not going to care. If they don't know the problem first, the solution will never matter to them. So I call it painting the villain because in the contracting industry, almost, I'd say probably 80%, and that's not a specific stat, but about 80% of contractors are what we would call Chuck in a truck, right? Mm -hmm. And they're not great contractors. So I need the customer to understand what happens if they try to spend the least amount of money or if they right. go with some cheaper option than what I'm offering. So that's, I call that painting the villain. I like that because, uh, you know, one of the things we do when we compose scripts is we have our qualification where we're asking the customer, okay, why are we here today? You know, and that gives you maybe their dominant buying motive, maybe one pain point. But uh, if you're not getting enough out of them, a way to, in, like you said, invoke those uh, basically responses is, like you said, paint, paint the villain, right? And so if I talk about a neighbor, or if I talk about, you know, a client that I just signed up basically and the contractor uh, accidentally took out their fence and then disappeared because he didn't want to pay for the damages. And, and now they have no way to pay for those because he didn't have insurance. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. I tell that little mini story within the qualification. And and then I ask that question. So, um, you know, you don't want a bunch of uninsured contractors in your backyard, would you? And then follow that word track that you just gave us then they they get that material that they need the understanding why they don't you know because you've painted the villain already for them so they're they're set on that now and so in your presentation when you talk about that all right so we're not a chuck in the truck we're a legit company we got a location xyz and we're fully insured from a to z whatever the case is right right and, and so I, I call those oh i'm sorry go ahead, go ahead. Um, i was gonna say i call those tiebacks and foreshadows so okay. In your presentation, you want to foreshadow a lot. Like, you know, um, maybe you say something like, you know, does the company guarantee their work? Well, I'll get to our guarantees in a couple minutes. Now, later I say, you know, 10 minutes later, I'm like, remember we talked about guarantees and how important they were to you? Customer says, yeah, I remember. Well, here's what ours is or whatever. You, you're you leaving, uh, you're creating a curiosity early, right? And then you're, mm -hmm. you're coming back to it later and tying back constantly foreshadowing what's coming and tying back remember like there's i always have a price conditioning part of my presentation where we talk about a range of numbers chuck and a truck might come in here at you know for your let's say it's a roof you say you know guy will come out here you've got a 20 square roof cheapest guy you're going to find out there right now is about four bucks a square foot so he's going to come in right around eight thousand dollars now on the other end of that same spectrum you're going to find a guy out there that's that's running about 14 bucks a square foot. So he's coming in at $28,000. Big difference, right? Now, later, I got a whole script there, but later you're talking about something about the villain. You remember, you remember our $8,000 friend we talked about a few minutes ago? Well, this is what no, he might do, right? <laughs> yeah, he, you know, exactly something, right? Um, and, and this is how he might handle this product, or this is what might happen uh, in that case. So uh, a lot of tying back to something I said earlier, because education happens in steps, right? And I need the person to understand where we are in the conversation and what can happen based on, uh, first of all, numbers too. So that's important. Um, well, and I think motivation happens in those steps too. You know, you're creating 
the reasoning for the motivation in the qualification, you know what I'm saying? And then as you present to them the solutions and the um, dominant buying motives that they have, you're increasing their motivation throughout. And I call it uh, the uh, sell selling on impulse. You know, you, you're increasing, increasing, increasing that impulse, whereas they may have wanted to shop before. They may say, hey, you know what? I like this guy. He's covering my four. What did you say? The four? Four loves. Four loves. He's covering my four loves. I, you know, the customer isn't saying that in their head, but they're like, he's covering everything that I want, you know, right. and his price is right and reasonable. And I only think it's reasonable because you gave me that context of eight, uh, $4 to, you know, um, what was the, the last one? Like $24. Yeah. yeah. Or yeah. And so you gave me that context. So I know you're in the middle. So I know you're reasonable. Plus you're covering all the premium quality metrics that I, I, I know need covered because you gave them to me, you know? And so um, I like how basically you're creating the research, you're creating the the price shopping, everything in your presentation, which is, is very rare when you see a sales script. So, okay. Yeah. And, oh, go ahead. No, I was, I was going to say, you, you've got, um, you know, one of the things I think needs to be touched on more because we both mentioned it, but I want to make sure the listener catches this. We say scripts, right? Yeah. I call it micro scripts. And what a micro script is, is it's a small, like 45 second, maybe two minute script that you can interchange. I'll give you an example. Every time I sit down with a customer, so if I'm done with my measurements or whatever, it's time to present and we go through kind of a discovery questions and stuff like that. And now I'm sitting down to begin my presentation. I do what I call the moment of truth. The moment of truth is where I let them know what my intention is and I keep their autonomy in place. So basically it might go like this, Doug, I want to let you know up front. I am a salesman. I do hope to earn your business while I'm here today. Um, to do that, I got to show you beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm the right guy for the job, that we're the right company. And I've got to make this as affordable as I can. If I do those three things, I'll ask you to hire me. If I don't do those three things, listen, it's totally fine. I'll take a no as graciously as a yes. Fair enough. And when the customer says fair enough, you can always see them calm down, right? Because they know I'm not trying to hide anything. And that's the biggest mistake. I call it low sales esteem. People try to hide the fact that they're a salesperson. They're like, uh, listen, I'm not trying to sell you anything today, right? And and that's nonsense. The customer knows it's nonsense, you know? Yeah. So tell the truth. Be be upfront, honest, and that's the moment of truth. But also, you, you see the customers that are like this, uh-huh, yeah, mm -hmm, and they're like looking down their nose at every idea you have. They don't feel like they have autonomy. And that means yep. the decision's up to them, right? Unless I bring a gun to the presentation, and that'll happen once, then then I'm not going to make the sale by forcing somebody to do something they don't want to do. Right. And so I see a lot of salespeople that think they have to trick customers into buying or, or whatever. And customers will let you say almost anything you want. If you just let, if they just know the decisions, there's the whole time. Hey, listen, it's totally up to you. To totally fine. No matter what. Um, another great example of that real quick, and then we can move on. Um, is you get the pitch resistance at the front door, right? Customer says, uh, customer says, listen, I'm not buying anything today. Listen, um, I don't need to see anything. Just give me a price, right? And and my answer to that is always, listen, if I just gave you a price right now, Mr. Jones, you'd hate me. Mr. Jones would go, why? 
well, I'm going to be way more than anybody who just hands you a price. And Mr. Jones, almost every time will go, why? I'll go, well, if you want, I can show you. But listen, if you don't want to do all that, we can part as friends. It's totally up to you. And almost, I'd say 90% of the time, and the 10% that don't, we, they're not our customer, 90% of the time, they'll go, all right, all right, cool, man, let's, let's talk. And I might have to work a little bit more to get them listening, but I'm getting in the door that way. And it's yeah. because I'm saying, hey, it's totally up to you. I can leave if you want. The power of no is powerful. No, I think that's a great point because that's an objection that people get up front very quickly and they have a hard time getting past it or at least not being on the defense the whole time now that they've been asked that question, you know. And right. so I couldn't agree more with that. You know, you've got to you got to have the chance to build some value before you give them that price or else they're all they're going to be thinking about the whole time is the price, no matter what you say after that, you know, and whether it's right. good enough or whether then you need to get more quotes or whatever the case is. Right. Okay, so um, I saw you were doing some uh, kind of cold call role play on your Facebook intro. So I, I was very curious, what are some good cold calling intros and techniques that you like to use? So for me, the whole trick to cold calling is not to sound professional. Like, I don't care really what you say, but if I call you and go, hello, may I speak with Doug, please? You're gonna be like, I gotta go, right? But if I say, hey, Doug, you're going to go, yeah. I'm going to go, what's going on, man? Oh, not much. Hey, listen, I'm giving you a call real quick, you know, and now I got a chance to, to talk, right? The biggest mistake I see cold callers make is they try too hard to be professional and it makes them sound like an amateur. If, yeah. if you're just talking to people the way you talk to people, you're going to be just fine when you're making cold calls. And the other part of this is, I always live, everything I do in sales is by the 10% rule. If it's going to work 10% of the time and I do five things, that's a 50% closing rate, for example. But when I call, I don't care. Hang up on me. It doesn't matter. There's more phone numbers, right? And that's that's the key to, to I think, sales in general is understanding that rejection isn't personal. It's just, it is what it is and move on and listen, here, here's a good way to look at it, especially for any young salespeople. Understand this. If I only hear yes, then I have nothing. If I hear no more than anybody else in the room, I got more than anybody else in the room, I promise, because I'm asking more often. And right. that's really the key, too. So, so cold calling is all about, first of all, confidence. Second of all, just being yourself. And third of all, not caring what the result is and just hammering those phones or hammering those doors or whatever you're doing uh, that you're cold calling. Yeah. And I think you brought up a fantastic point when you were talking about, you know, 10% at a time and I could end up with a 50% closing rate. Right. I think so many, so many salespeople and then, and then organizations, sales orgs, they want this, uh, you know, this training to be universal and to work, perfectly every time or to overcome every objection. And so one of the things that I do when I train is I set the expectation. You know, if if I'm coming into an organization and they have a 30% closing rate and I get them to 35%, you know, and they're doing 100k a month, well that's 5k a month that 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 closing rate difference is worth, right? Obviously, a lot of the things we do increase the closing rate a lot more than that as well as the scale of the team, right? And so 
I kind of set the expectation that way is all we do today is increase your closing rate by 5%, then we're in good shape. And what it does is it, it kind of lets that wall down because you know, a lot of salespeople and sales managers think that they're the greatest thing since sliced bread, right? That's why they're in the sales management position. And so a lot of times they're not willing to learn, even though the owner is telling them, Hey, I need you to adopt some of these things that this guy's teaching you. They, they got that wall up. But if you say, Hey, I'm just here to make a 5% difference today. I'm not here to overhaul your whole system. I'm not here to like take everything that you've learned and, and call it trash and then give you something new. I'm here to increase, increase your closing rate 5%. A lot of times that opens them up to like, okay, I can learn. If I take away one thing today and I start executing on it and my closing rate goes up, you know, it made the whole hour that I was here worth it or, you know, the engagement, uh, 30, 60, 90 days, whatever the case is worth it. So, yeah, I well, think that's a, it. It's really important what you're saying. And, and here's, here's the reality of sales, right? It's tiny increments that make the big differences. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, if you're running, let's say you're working for a, a uh, my flooring company and you're running 15 leads a week, right? If you're closing at 30% and your average commission is 450 bucks, I'm just spitballing, but let's say, yeah. right? Your average commission is 450 bucks. You're running 15 leads. You're demoing. This is important too. You're demoing 90% of those. So 13 and a half leads a week throughout the year. So times 30%. That's four deals a week times $400, right? Well, what if, so that's $1,620 times 52 weeks in a year. That's $84,240. And you have to be able to do this. If you're going to be a good sales manager, you got to be able to bust these numbers down like this quick, right? Right. I know you're following. (laughs) I can see you. So so now we got 15 leads a week, 30% close, $400 commission, right? Let's, Let's jump that closing rate. So same 90% demo rate. So we're still at 13 and a half leads times 0.35 this time. So that's 4.725 deals. So now times the same uh, 400, I think we said, right? Yeah, that's 1890. Now you multiply that times the same 52. And you got yourself a and I could go on and on with this, but you got yourself a $14,000 raise and all you did was another half a deal a week. Can you yep. ask one more time for the business and get a half a deal this week? Can you can you try one new close every, every day and get a half a deal a week? I guarantee you can. And you can get yourself a $14,000 raise. Now let's talk about that average commission, get it up to 450. And now you're at 4.725 times 450. Now you're at 2126. Now you're in six figures. Mm-hmm. And now you're making a buck 10. That's another 12 grand you made in, in a tiny increment. Talking about adding, you know, under my commission structure, that'd be adding $100 to every deal. That's yeah. It's 50 bucks in your pocket. So that's that's the... You know, the idea is a sales manager has to be able to do what you were talking about and break down those numbers and go, here's how you become successful, salesman, Bill. All you got to do is these three little things. And I'm not looking for you to grow your, you know, become a 50% closer today. I'm looking for you to go from 30 to 35, you know, and, and that's easy to do. Let's do it. You know, so yeah, I, and I we're looking at a, 
we're looking at a $26,000 raise when you do that, you know? And, and I, I think so many people, when they look at sales training or they're in growth and development as an individual sales rep, they do, they look at it and they say, well, this isn't going to change everything. This isn't going to, you know, this isn't going to double my business or triple my business. The problem is that they've been conditioned to think that it needs to do that by all these crappy marketers, right? They're like 200% right. ROI and we'll increase your, 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 your business. Right. We'll double your business. You know, you just go through this training, you know? When you go into training, right. look for that 5% increase and, or into that training weekend or that event or whatever the case is, look for that 2 to 5% increase and, and actually execute on it instead of trying to overhaul your whole system or adopt some new marketing or lead gen strategy. Just try to make those little incre incremental changes and it's going to be massive for you. Listen, no, I think that's a... You're 100% you're on point. And, and if you want to be a good sales rep, Here's what you do, write your goals every day, know exactly where you want to go because you can't get somewhere if you don't know the destination. Number two, try new things. When you learn a new technique, don't try it tomorrow or next week or when you perfect it, try it in your next lead. Get it done. You're not going to lose a deal. Besides, you don't even have the deal yet. So how can you lose a deal you don't even have, right? So. Yeah. So try the new thing. I've never met a deal that you lost over a small thing. And then number three, learn intentionally every single day. You're in your car running leads, right? You can get a college education like every month if you just listen to books instead of music. Yeah. You know, like learn intentionally and you will become a great salesperson because I've never met a top salesperson that doesn't put their face to the grindstone and work at getting better every day i've met a lot of people who used to be the top salesperson and then yeah. when they quit they thought they were good enough they became that guy who used to be the best back in 1999 and now he bounces from job to job to job and never makes it past bottom yeah yeah but it keeps keeps getting the job on the numbers he did two three four five years right. ago <laughs> yeah 100 okay right. so getting into the sales leadership piece you know, and, and, and this is in general when you're onboarding new clients and you're meeting with leadership and um, you're, you know, you're looking at that first thing to attack. What is that typically for you in terms of your experience and the history you've seen? What is that first thing that you're always kind of attacking in a sales program? You don't have enough people. You don't have enough people. I, I can't get owners and managers to learn that for like the first six months. Most of my clients sign up with me for three months and then they're with me for years. And, mm -hmm. and here, here's the thing, like it takes about the first year, if you're listening and you're going to be a client, listen to me. It takes about the first year until you go, you know what? You were right. You can't do enough recruiting. You just can't yeah. because you think you need five salespeople and you think you have the five you need. And then one quits. Somebody gets sick. Somebody's going to have a baby, whatever. And besides that, you can't grow unless you force yourself to. So when you got seven sales guys and enough leads for five, you're going to be finding more leads. If you got five sales guys and enough leads for five guys, you're going to be golfing. You see what I'm saying? You have yeah. to, for, if you want to scale and you want to be ambitious, which is the type of people that hire me, then, then it's time to hire more people all the time. That's my number one piece of advice for leadership. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, and it's one of the, the main pain points of my clients as well. 
And so one of the things that I started doing with a consulting partnership that I'm involved in, I'm the sales arm of it, obviously, is uh, we're developing a CRM. It's a, it's a go high level CRM, right? And its sole purpose is recruiting. And especially within like door to door and direct sales, commission only positions, those are high turnover positions, right? And once you get them in, it's all about retaining them, sure. But the the getting them in, you know, to get over that high commission or that uh, commission only position is the hard part, right? So you kind of kind of build the value on their way in, which you can't do through traditional job sites, right? And so yeah. what we're doing is we're running it like a funnel from like Instagram and Facebook where we can decide, hey, what kind of people do we want? Do we want them to like sports? Do we want them to, to be, have been involved in an MLM before? You know what I mean? And these are a lot of those personalities that just get attracted to sales. Maybe they like crypto and stuff like that. They like what's trendy because they're entrepreneurial, right? And so, um, and then on the way in, you know, we're qualifying them for the position. And then here, here's my favorite part. Now that they're in a CRM, what can you do in a CRM that everybody loves to do? Now you can follow up, you know, now you, you, when they don't book the interview after the first uh, submission of their information, now you can actually follow up. It's, it's so funny that, that we're on this topic. So a little bit about me, I got into this because I took a job as a salesperson. I was making 10 bucks an hour in a restaurant mm -hmm. and I saw an ad that said positive sales rep needed that it was one of those ads that didn't tell you anything about the job. So I knew it was commission and I'm like, yep. well, can 10 bucks an hour be any worse than going out and, and trusting myself? Right? So I went in and I killed the job interview. It was really funny too. The guy goes, Hey, uh, I have to ask you something. The training is unpaid for two weeks. Can you afford the opportunity? I was like, dude, I've been behind on my rent for two years. What do I care about two more weeks? And he's like, you're hired like on the spot. you know. So, so anyway, I, I quickly, because not because listen, this is not my talent. This is my will. I was at a place where I had to make a choice. I got to get better at life. Right. So I had to make that choice. It was will. Right. I willed myself to the top of that sales organization. And one day the owner called me and the owner was the sales manager. He called me and he said, hey, can you run the sales meeting tomorrow? I can't get in. I think he just didn't feel like coming in that morning. But yeah. to me, it was like the biggest deal in the world. I'd been doing this for like two months. Now I'm going to run a sales meeting. Right. Wow. Let's go. So I stayed up, yeah. I stayed up till like three in the morning. I'm like writing everything. I'm looking up stuff, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. I, I give this meeting and listen, I wasn't at a stadium here. There was like four guys. It was like yeah, yeah. four guys in a, in a little tiny <laughs> office, you know. My but, first sales meeting went the same way. <laughs> right. But I'm like, this is a huge deal to me. So I, I'm like, and from the second I stepped in front of that room, I knew what I was going to do. This is where I belong. Helping others change their life in sales the way that I changed my life. And so it led me to this, this conclusion. Um, everybody looks for the wrong candidates. I was at some point, I've taken every job, salesman, owner, manager. Uh, I was a corporate recruiter for $120 million home improvement company. I was a sales uh, trainer there. Um, but when I was that recruiter, everybody else is reading the resume. I'm like, these are leads guys, just call them. So they put me in charge. I'm like, stop. You guys, I want you to take, I, I took a paper cutter. I printed out all the resumes and cut the top of them off. And I just had to slip with the phone number and the header. And I gave them to my people. I said, just start calling people, man. Because yeah. we're not going to know anything about any of these people until we get them here. Right? 
And yeah. so the whole phone script was, you know, hey, what kind of job is this? You know what? I have a couple positions open. Uh, I'm happy to discuss that. But right now we're just setting up face-to-face -face interviews to see who's a good fit. Can you come in? Well, when? Right now. Can you get here? Well, not right now. How about tomorrow morning? Oh, if you can't make it tomorrow morning, I'm sorry. We're busy. You know what I mean? Like it was like, get here. It was just like leads. You get that. You close that lead as quickly as you can. They get here. You have to sell the job. This is another yeah. problem that recruiters need to know. This is not about you hiring the right candidate. This is about them picking you as the company, right? You get the right guy in that room with you. You need to be able to do what I just did with those numbers. You need to be able to show the commission structure, show how many leads they're going to get, show them what their potential is and ask them, is this sound like something you can do? They say, yeah, you go. So if I call you tonight, you're going to answer the phone. You're going to take the job because I don't want to waste my time or yours, you know, yeah. and, and that's how you recruit. But here's the beauty of it. 87% of Americans make less than they want to. And there's some 55 million Americans that make less than the poverty line. That's where you need to be looking for salespeople. Change their lives. They will stay with you forever. They'll be loyal and they will make sure that they're that they're doing the best job they can. Just like me. I made 10 bucks an hour. I'm making 400 before taxes every week. Mm -hmm. Talking about my first lead I ever ran, I made $1,100. Tell me nice. I wasn't hooked. And, and I wasn't hooked <laughs> You know what I mean? And that's, yeah, 100%. that's reality, you know, so stop looking for the guy with the polished resume, you know, uh, moral of the story and start looking for the guy with the will to do the job. But, but the here's the, here's the problem. Most of our clients, when they start out with us, they don't have a, a recruiting system in place. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so they can't recruit the person you're talking about. And then on top of that, say they do get them right? They get that hungry person that's willing to learn and wants to change their life. Then they can't train them because they don't have a training system in place. You know what I'm saying? And exactly. so if, if you heard what Jason just said and want to execute on it, you have to have those two things in order to execute well. Now you can yep. still go out there and execute on it. You can shoot from the hip, you can work it out, but that'll get you to about three or four salespeople, right? And now it when it's time that. to scale, you're, yeah, if that, right? And, and then they're going to be turning over quick. Two of them are going to be turning over. Uh, but then when it's time to scale, you know, you're not going to be able to do that at any at any level. So I think what you said is incredibly important. And I just want to qualify it with you got to have a system in place on both ends mm -hmm. to fully take advantage of that. Right. Yep. OK, so go ahead. I want to add one more thing. If mm -hmm. you're recruiting, you it takes three to get one. So you never have enough people. Like you, you get a guy, he hires three people. He's like, I got three guys coming in for training. Yeah. No, you don't. You got one guy coming in for training. And if he makes it, you're lucky. You need yeah. nine guys coming in for training. Then three of them will stay and one of them yeah. will be a salesman. You yeah. know what I mean? So just wanted to add that because you got to make that, that that's important. And then like the, the lower, I guess, uh, the lower commission per sale and um the more commission only it is if that makes sense um yeah. it's five to one you know like door to door it's five to one what you just said five to one and then as you go up in like maybe solar and maybe you've got a really well-built training and onboarding process okay now we're getting to three to one mm -hmm. and then you go above that and you know you got leads coming out your ass or whatever the case is now maybe you get to two to one but three to one at minimum for sure yeah. I got a client I've been with for, for almost five years now. 
when we started, he was at 1.8 and he'll do 13 this year. And, and he's grown a name now. So when he hires people, they're like coming to him going, Hey, can I work here? I heard it's good to be a salesperson here. And that's, that's different. Like you, but you don't start there, right? That's the other thing. The great salesperson should never be looking for a job, right? If they're great at sales, why are they looking for a job? The only time that happens, and it's never going to be enough to staff your company is when somebody's mad at the company they're at and they're looking for another job. But here's the thing about that. If I'm going to look for a job and I'm a top sales rep, I'm not going to go to the guy who's trying to build a team. I'm going to go where the reputation is already. Yeah. So you have to build brand new people from scratch when you're starting out. It's the only way. No, I couldn't agree more. And 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 one of the things that the clients don't, do enough before we come on is is actually like map that opportunity because if you do have if you do happen to get that person that's experienced they're going to be like okay i need one of two things i need it to be built already and me to step in and make a bunch of money or i need the opportunity and me to make the money as we grow you know and i make the override i make the management i make the salary you know what i'm saying because i'm building it out right and mm -hmm. so but if you can't show them that then they're 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 never going to step into it. They're going to be like, Hey, you don't have anything built out here. You know, you don't have leads coming in. You don't have a training structure. You don't have uh, a way for me to upsell clients or whatever the case is, a sales program's weak. Then you're not going to get those top level people, you know? Exactly. So what Jason, what's next for you and the action closing system? Like what are you guys working on right now? Or is it more just about maintaining what you have and then adding on new clients as you go? No, I'm, I'm growing. Um, mm -hmm. One thing I'm doing, uh, two things. Number one, I'm creating a coaching certification program. Uh, there's Beautiful. not enough for me to go around. So I've got people that I'm training now that are going to learn to coach mm -hmm. and step into the sales role for the company as well. So when they bring a new client on, they can do a lot of the coaching based on the system, because to grow my company the way I want to, I don't want to be the only thing. Like if something happens to me, the company can still right. keep going. Right? right. So that's number one. Number two, I'm working on some software um, that'll help salespeople monitor what their guys are doing or their gals are doing in the home um okay. and kind of see where they're at in their pitch and how long they're spending time on things and and that kind of stuff and then the other is i'm creating a uh two two options online course for joe salesperson who wants to learn my system who doesn't have a boss that's going to hire me right um so he just wants to learn to sell and so mm -hmm. he can go on and take the action closer course that way the other thing that's going to come available soon is when a client hires me, they'll be able to get an entire course to go along spe uh, specifically right. for them. So they'll get me, but they'll also get a digital course that their people can take during onboarding and ongoing training um, yeah. and stuff like that. So that's where I'm going right now. Yeah. And I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on all three of those fronts. Um, that's one of the first things I looked at was like, all right, there's only so much of me to go around, you know what I mean? And I can only do so much of these engagements per quarter, you know? And so uh, I'm gonna need to scale at some point. And then uh, one of the answers to that scaling was the ongoing the ongoing course and then being able to update that in their system. And it creates an MRR model for you as well, you know? Right. 
to where it's like to maintain access and to do edits and adjustments or whatever the case is, you've got to pay this monthly fee or, you know, all that good stuff. So uh, I'm using go high level using the go high level backend and it's working really well for that. You know, I don't know if you've got that on your plate yet or uh, a system you're going to use for that. I am curious about the in the home, basically figuring out where they're at in their pitch. So is this a presentation tool and based on yeah. what they swipe through in the presentation tool that kind of shows you where they stop or what yeah. whatever the case is? Now, so, so what I'm doing is I have right now, when you hire me, I build you a complete sales presentation, typically out of PowerPoint right. and yeah. create a system you can swipe through, right? Mm -hmm. I'm working on building my own PowerPoint software but it's going to yes. time how long the person's on the on the um, very cool on the system and then also uh we're going to have the the phone people the option of saying all interactions with our company will be recorded for quality Beautiful. assurance purposes so we're going to record the pitch because nice. we told you on the phone that everything was recorded man so, i wonder if your if your software when you open up the presentation if it could start recording and then obviously give them a notification yeah. that would be insane that's, you know, that's now, the idea. And yeah. then you can send me, like, let's say you have a rep that's struggling. So you um, license the pitch, right? Rather than just buying right. it one time, you license it per rep. But the rep's struggling. You can send me five of his pitches and myself or one of my coaches can go through and listen and critique and send you back a report on right. what they're doing. Um, actually, another thing we just developed, and it just happened by accident, is when we create the pitch, there's all these engagement questions and, and commitments that you have to get through the pitch. So mm -hmm. we can create a grading system. So I can, your sales manager can sit there with the form and each page of the pitch, he's like checking boxes, got this one, got this one, missed it. So you could get an 89% on your pitch if you sit down and pitch the manager or whatever, you know? So, so a lot of checks and balances to make sure that sales reps are following systems. Yeah, I've had a few guests that have, you know, some AI tools that get built into their CRM software mm -hmm. that they, when they call or when they do that presentation is able to monitor and basically grab the turning points in the conversation and then train new people coming in on those turning points, you know, which is really cool, really insane stuff. But I feel like it's not really attainable for a business between one and $5 million, which is, it sounds like both of our main type of clients, right? And so, you know, that's more of like the fortune 20 company type software right. that can afford to license that across their whole sales force or business development roles, B2B, all that good stuff. So I think there is a, a gap in products, you know, between the entry level and that, right? And so I think that could be huge for that. So I couldn't agree more there, fantastic. Well, the last question that I ask all my guests, uh, it's a two-part question. You know, what does legacy mean to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind? So legacy to me means that I changed the world for the better. Um, to me, um, I'm a Christian and something that's really important to me is that I use everything I was given. So I want, when I'm done, I want everyone from my family to my business associates to the people that work with me or whatever to all be able to say hey one thing about jason was he did everything he could to the best of his potential and he didn't leave anything on the table and that's what legacy means to me and 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 what i want to leave 
um, behind. Um, as far as tangible things, I want to leave, obviously, generational wealth for my family. Um, but I want to help more than that. I want to leave general, I want to leave a system that can create generational wealth for many, many families, thousands. So, I mean, I hope that answers your question. Absolutely. No, it was fantastic. And this whole episode's been amazing. You know, I love getting guys on here that get it, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that understand sure. how to build a sales program because the conversation that we have isn't just the 1.0 and the 2.0, it's the 3.0 of that because we're both first in it. So it's been fantastic. If someone wants to reach out to you and hire you to do this for their sales team, where can they do that at? Um, you could go to actioncloser.com and send send a message. I see all of them. So myself or one of my uh, reps will reach out to you fairly quickly. Um, other than that, you can reach out to me on Facebook. You can reach out to me on TikTok, whatever you want. Um, and, and if you're just interested in hearing more, there's a ton of reels and Instagram reels and TikTok reels that are all like what I try to do with those is make a one minute value add. You can take it with you today and go start trying it um, and, and live by that. Like I said, do it today. Um, and, and so there's a lot there if, if you're just interested in, in and hopefully that'll add value as well. Yeah, no, it absolutely will. I think we're aligned there that like if you don't hire us, you can just follow us and get everything that we do, you know what I mean? And go execute it yourself. You know what I'm saying? And if you don't want to do that, then you can hire us. Right. <laughs> and so that's the deal. Um, yep. But yeah, absolutely. Uh, I loved, I loved your reels on your Facebook page. So if you guys get a chance, go ahead and follow Jason. We'll include the links in the show notes as well as the website so that you guys can do that. Jason, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and just bringing a ton of value, brother. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Great conversation. Fantastic. Let's get building. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Be sure to execute on everything that you just heard and let's get building. Before we sign off, we'd like to invite you to join our Brickyard community. Head on over to jointhebrickyard.com. Again, that's jointhebrickyard.com or click the link in the description to find out more.